on the viewpoint. Yeah, and so here we go. The time has come to fuss about matric results. Dr. Louis Benjamin, the education consultant and co-founder of Thinking Schools of South Africa, is on the line to talk to us about the implications of the announcements that will be made in 10 days. Now, in 10 days, Minister Angie Motsecha will announce the 2023 matric results, and she will also acknowledge the successes of the few remarkable learners who have excelled against some formidable odds. Dr. Louis Benjamin, education consultant and the author of the Basic Concepts Programme, cautions readers against falling for the illusions of educational miracles that will be paraded at next week's gala event. Uh-oh. Instead, he believes, there should be more discussion around the overall basic education enterprise where metric is but one point in a 12- to 15-year journey in academics and training and development. He joins us now on the line as we try to discuss the harsh realities that some may face and also the reality that, as a nation, we need to focus our attention on in the context of basic education. Dr. Louis Benjamin, good evening, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. Hi, Sengers. Well, thanks very much for the opportunity. And, yeah, I think uh, a lot of statements is where the, where the focus should be is that we've got a long, long road still to travel. We certainly do have a long road to travel, but perhaps just as a starter, if you will, in this context, uh-huh. let sure. us celebrate the fact that there would be many learners who are against formidable mm-hmm. odds where Mm -hmm. perhaps when you look at them and their environment, their access to resources and some of the systemic challenges that precede them have yet been able to, by hook or by crook, hopefully by hook, been able to fashion a certificate worthy, first of all, of just the sheer dogged determination of one, the environment from which he or she would come and the support Mm -hmm. systems that are there, that despite the odds, here they are, they've got that very otherwise elusive matric certificate, they've stayed the course where many of the contemporaries who started 12 years ago are nowhere to be seen in this enterprise of academic development. And they now look forward to being, especially those who would be first generation anything in their homes, a word out to them just merely to keep them going. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think this whole... The whole event is really what actually pains me and uh, I think uh, motivated this piece. And when I started to write it, I, I realized that uh, every single year, year after year, I'd land up feeling so so flattened uh, about this uh, presentation of this event, particularly for those that have excelled in those kind of uh, conditions and those situations and uh, it comes from a, a really a deep disappointment at, at all those learners, and probably millions of those, who don't make it to that event. Um, and an absolute admiration for those who've succeeded, as you've said, against all odds. And giving a thought for those who have not been able to appear there on that list and will never appear on that list. And the millions are tolling up as the years go by. So uh, I don't deride the uh, successes. I'm an educationist of uh, over 25 years, uh, working mostly in the most disadvantaged and deprived schools with government. So uh, I wouldn't uh, deride this announcement, seeing that my daughter is going to be one of the many matriculants mm-hmm. uh, and her results will also be announced. But, and you, I suppose you, know, you take that for granted that she, she, she's going to appear on that list, surely. Yes, exactly. And I hope she will be. You know, so it's not to derive the achievements, and particularly in those kind of circumstances, which are not ours. But the silence 
I think as well, that descends after this event is what is so disturbing. It's a thing to say through this manufactured event, we should all go back to sleep. Everything is okay. Okay, that's important. Well, let's review exactly the last 12 years. So you matriculate in 2023. You would have started in 2011. 2011 in South Africa, this is now literally two years after the global economic crisis. We are two years into President Zuma's administration. Rand to the dollar is sitting at about 9, 10 Rand, possibly even less. In fact, it was less than it, it was about 8, 9 Rand. Completely different world. Social media was there, but certainly not the storm that it is now. And South Africa was a far easier place to live in. And in the 12 years since, all of these learners who are matriculating very soon or confirmed as matriculants very soon would have had their studies interrupted by a global pandemic, the likes of which many of us were never interrupted by when we were at that stage of our lives. Absolutely. In other words, this journey is fraught with dangers that are known going into and those that become along the path. And to the extent that whilst we are to celebrate those who go through the system, I think the refrain for long enough now has been this. South Africa's education outcomes are not reflective of the financial investments made there, one. And two, the results are not always presented as the most accurate picture of exactly what it is that we need Uh to contemplate. And that being the majority of the learners who started in grade one in 2011, unfortunately, the majority are not even in reckoning for matric results certificate because they didn't present. Some fell along the way in primary school, some in high school, but the majority of those who started 12 years ago are not there. And I think that... Those two points are the indictment to the system. The financial investment not yielding the rewards and the fact that there aren't enough bums on seats to write those finals. And I think I just feel like there's not the appropriate anger at what happens in that event. I don't know why it triggers me, but it does every single year because the silence of the devastation that education is wrecking on the lives of children. And I I work in the early education childhood education sector and my gosh do we see potential and those little young bright eyes that we work with and uh, we we involved in uh, cognitive education programs with them and uh, training of the teachers and mentoring and supporting teachers and yes we sure see how this process i think one of the things that we can take away uh, it's not it should be no surprise at a gala then what the results are, but the minister will sure take the envelope and say, guess what the results are. There shouldn't be any surprises in education. It should be so evident where we're at because we know where we're at and we know where we're going. So we know that event is manufactured because of that, because of all the theatrics around it. Instead of focusing on the hard, cold reality that when we look at children, when we look at, and I'm a specialist in early childhood cognitive development, we know one thing for sure, that it's a long, pro-systematic process where children go through one step of consolidation at a time, building on the next step. That takes years and years and years. So there's no flash in the pan. There are no surprises. There are no envelopes with the results because we already, already know them, or we should. And often, sadly enough, we know what some of these results are going to be 
by the age of four with some children because they are they're very predictive of what their scholastic achievements might be future on. If you just look at the language of children, language development uh, of children. So it's a very big indictment um, on us as a society. Um, and what really disturbs me, as you can hear over and over, is that we tend to cover up what the real uh, tragedy is in this whole event, instead of looking at it straight on and trying to address some of those problems. So what questions should be posed in the context of what you posit as looking at the problem or the problems straight on? Mm-hmm. What are those fundamental questions that the system, and when I say the system, I don't just yes. mean government and the public sector. Right. The system are those right. who are in the education value chain. It is yeah. the parent at home. It is the learner at home and on the way to school and in school. It is the community that facilitates this environment, this culture of learning that protects the infrastructure that from where rather the as well in addition in fact the the the, the yeah. sgb members come from the service providers to the school the service providers to the administration and the support institutions departments of health departments of higher education as well because they're a critical stakeholder in, in in basic education social development is also a critical stakeholder as well as and then we start moving a bit away but just as important the law enforcement agencies of state insofar as it contains the community to be one that allows the culture of learning to to thrive what then becomes or what informs those critical questions in looking at this head-on yeah no i mean you're absolutely right it takes uh, you know more than a village to uh, educate a child yes, and exactly everyone that. you have their has to have their hands on deck you know, I feel like, uh, I'm sorry to go over and over, to focus on one point obsessively in the system is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. There, there, at least there's a grade R point we should be focusing on. There's a grade 3 point, there's a grade 6 point, there's a grade 9, and yes, the grade 12 point. But by the time you get there, it'll be so boring you won't even go to listen to what the minister has to say. If we as a society were so invested in education... That would this be per se. We'd know uh, where our children are at. So, uh, so cancel this whole uh, show and let's get to work. Let's get to work. Let's understand when children start, and that's where my work is and grade are. We see exactly uh, where the, uh, the gaps are and the disparities are. And taking things for granted is not going to help. So if you ask me some practical uh, questions of where we should focus, our early childhood years need critical uh, focus and attention. A very practical uh, recommendation is that children, you know, cognitively develop very, as I've explained already, very systematic and slowly and progressively, and they cannot skip stages and they cannot jump ahead where they're not yet. So what the curriculum classically does, and most education will say, they present children with things that are two, maybe three years, ahead of the level of development. What will happen? It's like putting a driver into the cockpit of a plane. We know what will happen. The children will crash. There, there, there seem and, to be two issues that this yeah. matter could be tackled. Yeah. I mean, you are looking at the substantive in-classroom issues, mm-hmm. curricular issues, yes, shall I say. Exactly. I mean, that's more appropriate mm-hmm. term. Curricular yeah. issues. But are we that's even right. at that stage in the general sense? I mean... Just look at the resource distribution 
in the yeah. let's talk about the public sector for instance or the public schools because i think this is where largely the conversation should be predicated what is the state and her agents doing to ensure that it rolls out this critical it's not just a service delivery. This is a national imperative, national obligation. Mm-hmm. This is an investment. You get so, your former uh, Model C schools that continue yeah. to be, if you will, the beacon of what mm-hmm. public education is about. And a lot mm-hmm. of those former Model C schools, some of them in content and in character resemble private schools. A lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Not all of them, but yeah. a lot of them. And by yeah, that, I mean education has become such a commodity that your Model C schools are charging a lot more than typically otherwise is affordable because the demand for their services, shall I say, is that much greater. So I suppose there has to be some way of ensuring yeah. that they contain the traffic. And by necessary implication, what then happens in, in your lower quintile schools is there is just that much more of a uptake right? And the infrastructure crumbles that much quicker, for one. Mm -hmm. But just as important, those two kids who go to these two different schools have got completely different experiences Mm. of what school Mm. is Mm. in the same Mm. system. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, we're contending with great uh, disparities. Uh, between all, all the systems that we have from the private, as you say, to the COSIX middle C schools and to the, the ordinary governed schools, and I work mostly in far deep rural schools um, in the country. There, there's, there's a, you know, the, the problems somehow are the same when children will join those schools who are coming from very disadvantaged environments. But those environments will, to some extent, ameliorate, you know, some of uh, the difficulties and Certainly, these children will start to learn, and and we see it in the the deepest uh, rural areas that we work um, with teachers, just showing them one or two things that they could do. And often, I must say, and, and this is, is really not to, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, attack uh, the Department of Education, but sometimes it's putting the curriculum down and meeting the child where the child is at. And, and, and that's a remarkable thing because we believe we should follow the curriculum. And sometimes we just need to follow the child developmentally. And just by connecting with children, we find in our work, work we start to engage children's interests and understanding. And soon they start to participate. So there is something we certainly can do in a lot of different contexts. Um, and, and we see it in our work where we have enormous improvements, for example, in grade R. Uh, for example, and, and that is a critical year, and that's why I say the minister should be discussing. Uh, the lower the grade, the more critical. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So where we start off is very, very important, and that's almost a better measure uh, to compare where we end up, you know, from where we started, because that in some ways is quite is, is devastating to understand. You know, Here's we, a question we, I do wish to probe. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about effectively the lower the grade, the more important. A couple of years ago, there was an institutional shift of locating early childhood development from social development to the Department of Education. I know it may be early Mm -hmm. days, given the fact that the trajectory is too short to be able to measure anything um, of substance. Are there, right. to that effect, any indicators as to whether or not that decision, at least on the evidence of things short as the time may be, suggests that this was a wise call? Here's why I'm asking this question. Yeah. 
early childhood development and specifically the first 1,000 days if you're talking to or of about a child, those 1,000 days determine a lot of the balance of that child's life. And in this context, it's not so much about the education that the child has access to in those 1,000 days, but the social securities that are attached to that child, the parent, the parents, the setup at home, access to basics, good health care, good quality food, a warm environment, clean water, and a community that is conducive for the rearing of children. That's what the first thousand days talks to. That's what early childhood development talks to. The classroom aspect of ECD is but one aspect of the broader spectrum that ECD contemplates. Now, our ECD spectrum in this country or output, what do you make of that? Because I think therein might lie as well the majority of the questions we need to be engaging and answering positively before a learner presents for grade one. So I, I think, like, uh, to commend government, that's what that got really right in my in my regard. Is grade R being incorporated under the Department of Basic Education, and now we're looking into pre-grade R, which is also to be incorporated by the Department of Basic Education. I think it's the best site for it to be located. You know, it's a little controversial, but from my seeing the area, I think the department is best suited where the sites are actually located in the school. And uh, there's still a little bit of a way to go until grade R is completely formalized. As, uh, as, as it says, it should be the first year of, uh, the, of the school system. We've still got a little bit of a way to go. But I do think that has been an incredibly good and positive move. But we still, as with the rest of the system, need to focus on the quality uh, of what's happening inside the classroom. But I can I speak a lot from my experience here in the Northern Cape, so we work in basically all grade classrooms across the province uh, in the Northern Cape. And uh, it's just commendable. It's uh, one of the biggest achievements uh, I think this government has made, the anti-government has made, is the, uh, is the creation of grade R. Uh, there are very few children that are not yet included in the system. Yes, there are lots of problems, maybe classes are a little bit overcrowded and maybe still new classrooms need to be built. But that has just been a phenomenal achievement. But we now need to go further and improve on the quality, as we've seen throughout most of the system. Unfortunately, the quality still needs to be improved in most grade But I mean, classes. isn't that exactly where a lot of the challenge or the challenges lie? The institutional yeah. setup is one thing. We want to achieve this and we're going to set up a policy or come up with a program that looks like this. So that's what I mean by institutional setup. There there, there might be very few questions around South Africa's institutional setup, not just in education, but in a lot of other areas. What becomes the issue is the implementation thereof, persisting with it, with the personnel who have the skill and the related investments in seeing this institutional setup actually thrive. And I would imagine a lot of South Africa's challenges then are, from what you say and from what little I might have experienced or otherwise been exposed to in the education setup, that's where the country lies exposed. All of this in, in addition, taking place in an environment with limited resources. And this is an important point when you look at the wastage in the public service. Yes, yes. 
Mm. No, exactly. I, I, I think that uh, that is that is spot on, and uh, I, I think that we get uh, there are many many good ideas, and uh, grade R certainly, and now the pre-grade R yeah, but it's almost been left, and and uh, it's always a disturbing point for me because I think we have inverted the understanding of the importance of where education is most. We see it in the trip, but as you've already uh, said, that it isn't in the beginning years, and, and so it is. It's actually in the beginning years. So we've left this project uh, incomplete and, uh, and starting to focus energies, for example, in the pre-grade area. So I think we need to complete the project, and I think we need to give it the, uh, the support that it really, really needs. What happens every year, very sadly, by the time you get to the fourth term, all resources are directed to one year, and that's the trick. Here's what's also happening. For, those, for, the, for the next 10 days, you know, that's exactly why those resources and all energy are directed solely towards the production of those results. Last year, incidentally, I was on this very program, on this very seat I'm sitting, and flighted on uh-huh. the television channel was a statistic that reads something like this. In excess of 80% of 10-year-olds cannot read with comprehension and understanding and meaning, or put differently, at least 8 out of 10. In other words, 80% of children now 11 and under cannot read with meaning. Now, when you look at that statistic, for instance, it's probably why you have as many who start in grade one and as little by comparison who finish. And even within those who finish, it doesn't mean because you read with meaning, that now speaks to ability to advance, if you will, knowledge, to be sufficiently skilled in an environment where skills are required because in part we're talking about also the high numbers of unemployment in the country and the fact that the education system is not entrepreneurial in kind and then you have this facility for a grade nine or a six a 15 year old pupil that that gce general certificate of education mm-hmm. which also was touted if not introduced a couple of years ago but then the infrastructure on the ground isn't there to absorb those who go the GCE route. My point is this. This is exactly why Curo is as effective and growing at the rate at which it is. Because in a nutshell, this is what can be said. Outside the former Model C schools, the setup is simply not conducive for teaching and learning in South Africa. And that's why the demand is as great as it is for private schools. And Curo is a perfect example of how you can even run a franchise in basic education. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think we need to start to understand. <laughs> it's, it's quite paradoxical. The education department needs to understand something about education our children learn. And uh, as I've said over and over, it, it's a long process of helping children to start to develop abstract, abstract reasoning to be able to start. It's not a simple affair. It's not something that just happens. And particularly for children, come from very disadvantaged uh, contexts and where their learning hasn't been supported in the way that would happen in maybe middle-class or upper-class society. It is, it's a complex event. It would take until they get to about seven or eight years old when they can start to make these connections first quite weakly, and then they'll strengthen. But you certainly need the environment and the system to support these higher-order complex thinking abilities. 
And certainly we do see them happening in children. When we're working with the kind of children we're working with, we're finding that we're improving uh, the grade of preparedness and ability to think and unpack information to express themselves by nearly 100%. And this is working with the teachers who've been in this classroom. So at least certainly something is we're able to turn around um, if we focus on the right touch point. And often, as I said, it sometimes means putting the curriculum aside a little bit and focusing on those little kiddies in front of you to see how you can um, move that dial forward. You know, it's an incredibly complex activity, teaching, and particularly lower down, I'd say. The fact that we take it for granted or we disregard teachers uh, uh, with, uh, with disdain and we don't understand the complexity of the work in, in growing minds and uh, developing understanding of children is, you know, is a fault of our society. Our cherished spaces should be uh, those ECD centers and grade R. Mm, you know, mm, the, windows, mm. the windows for learning are open, are open. The change is the modifiability of children at that stage is unbelievable. Their potential is right there for the picking. All we have to do is nurture it. We have to help teachers. Well, if that's all that was required, if Mm -hmm. if that is all that was required, I I would imagine we would be better off. But unfortunately, we we, we have Mm -hmm. the bricks and mortar stuff still to have to contend with. Now, there are, of course, apartheid legacies there, but I don't imagine... That's where the conversation ends. I I would imagine if there was a diagnostic report of the last 30 years as it pertains to what was inherited, what has been made available to eat into those inherited disparities Mm -hmm. and the projections of against what was available to make inroads into those disparities, what should then have been the outcome versus what is the outcome. And you look at the trends associated with the last 30 years of basic education, one would probably find that South Africa has not hit her straps on that. But unfortunately, the rest of the world is not waiting for us. So the longer we take to hit our straps, the further behind or the further ahead other nations are and the further behind we are. How do we then and what fundamentals, two or three, maximum three, what Mm -hmm. fundamental changes therefore Need. I mean, I'm reading your article here where you say, brace yourself, yeah, it's yeah, time for the yeah. annual metric results. Circus, mm. what are the two, maximum three fundamentals that need mm. to take place well, to put us to back on those repeat. high waters? At the risk of repeating ourselves, it, it, uh, so it's early childhood education over and over again. And I think it's, meeting, uh, it's actually meeting the developmental needs of children and making sure that even if we need to sacrifice, and this is quite a... Uh, maybe, it's a big uh, word. Quite a, quite a big point. We, we might need to extend the foundation phase <laughs> by a year or by two. What's the point if, as you say, 82% of children by the time they get to grade four cannot do the fundamentals that are required for future learning? Wake up and smell the coffee. We are in an enormous crisis. Once you get to that stage and you cannot do the fundamentals that are required for learning, where are we at if 82% of children cannot read for meaning, for example, or can't calculate uh, or can't express themselves with the kind of language that's required that we find in their textbooks or, you know, in their studies, we'd need to. So I would say that one of the easiest fixes will be looking solidly at ECD and foundation phase, and even if that means giving children the opportunity to catch up by extending the system. And guess what? 
will reduce the repetition in the years that come. And we know the children repeat on every two or three times throughout um, the school years. So that's one, that's one definite um, uh, recommendation that I would make. Um, the other one is to, I suppose attached to it, is to, be, to honestly look at uh, the performances. So, so once we know the problem, then we can start to address them. And I know there are efforts to look at reading at the moment, and there are many reading interventions that have been uh, put into action, uh, have been actioned. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, the, the, that's, that's one of the main points that uh, I, I, would, um, I would recommend, is looking at the at AED and looking at the foundation, because developmentally we can get children to catch up, and sometimes it's just as easy as that, as getting children the space yeah. uh, where development could happen. And uh, you give it an extra year or two because essentially they're coming into school with that kind of uh, back, you know, delay mm. of, or disadvantage of about two years. Very well. Also. And that was just given time to catch up. Well, I'm sure you can obviously contemplate putting a CV together because cabinet will change in four mm. or five months from now mm. in the general election. They should be a new cabinet. In fact, there will be a new cabinet and they may be a different Minister of Education. And when that happens, a lot of things change. But for now, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Louis Benjamin. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Quick question. I mean, Kathy in Johannesburg says, Hi, Songhezo. She spells it incorrectly somewhat. Hi, Songhezo. Why don't you let the poor guy speak? Did you in any way feel that I didn't give you an opportunity to speak, Louis? No, I think think it was a last conversation between the two of us, and uh, I think you really added uh, to the conversation and kept it, um, you know, uh, no, no, absolutely not. I Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very much. I appreciate okay. that comment. And thanks for thanks. your message too, Kathy. I hope you heard that reply. 2045 is yeah. the time. Thanks so much, Dr. Louis Benjamin, education consultant and co-founder of Thinking School South Africa, giving us an idea of the things we need to do to better contemplate the matric results we're about to receive in 10 days' time and for better outcomes altogether in the context of the Department of Basic Education.